Coming to you live with the Gospel of Two Wheels here from Highland Cycles in Montrose, Colorado. Uh, switching up the location again, we are in the shop. And Jimmy Lewis is joining us. The famous Jimmy Lewis, um, editor of uh, Dirt Rider, uh, now with Dirt Bike Test and um, super duper fast guy. Here we go. You <laughs> hope so. <laughs> nice, my, phone, my phone didn't like the orientation I had it in. Oh, did you have it up? Yeah, it, it, it is mad. I don't, I don't, I don't do technology that much. Not really. No, fair enough. And this Facebook Live thing is honestly somewhat ridiculous. It's like super easy and also complicated at the same time. Correct. <laughs> Online. Um, first of all, Jimmy, for people who don't know who you are, give us just a quick rundown of what's going down, who you are, what you're doing. <clears throat> Uh, washed up ex motorcycle racer used to be the editor of dirt rider magazine for about eight years. Um, I run a off-road school, um, is my primary, uh, occupation now and still do a lot of motorcycle product testing through dirt bike test, which has, uh, editorial outlets and, you know, we're, we're, you can follow us you know, we have, we have a lot of the social media stuff. And then of course it's a website as well. So that's yeah, in a nutshell. Dirt bike test. Uh, dirt bike <laughs> All right. All, uh, yeah. All one word dirt bike is the easiest thing, but um, we're, you know, we have all the, the usual social channels, Instagram, um, Facebook, stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of, right. we've been, I, I started doing that literally probably about six months after uh, I left Dirt Rider. And then, because I realized I, how much I like doing that kind of stuff. And it's essentially just a few guys in our spare time putting that stuff together. And we keep threatening to try to make it big. So we'll see. Um, it's more it's more out of my competitive nature that I want to, you know, and then I get, I get kind of upset when I see... Um, I think I ranted about it the other day. We do some some of this live stuff as well. And I kind of just went off on what I feel is going on. I'm like, who's in charge of these brands anymore as far as, you know, you used to know. And there's still a couple where, you know, like I said, I mean, you know who's in charge of motocross action. Jody Weisel has been Jody since day one, still is. But back when I was a kid, you used to remember, uh, you know, you knew who Rick Simon was. You knew who Super Hunky was. You knew who Tom Webb was. It was these guys that, and, and Todd was at, at Dirt Bike, and then he was went over to Dirt Rider for a while. He's editor Dirt Rider. So he used to kind of associate, you know, the, the, the brand with the people that were there. And now it's like, who, who are these guys? And how did, you know, how did they get there and what are they doing? Uh, rep for, uh, I won't mention who, but uh, one of our distributors, uh, <laughs> um, has been in the industry forever and he has watched that company go from people like you said that you knew people that were fired up about the industry to corporate stuff and i can say it has gone so downhill um on my end as a shop trying to get parts from those people <laughs> it's it's ridiculous <laughs> it's uh, drives yeah. me crazy. I mean, it's it, you, you can always take it down to certain people are really good at doing what they do, and there's there's certain people that you know. I mean, so it's it's in every industry and all all different kinds of things. Um, but you know, I I just and, and it's a lot of it's that 
the, these companies didn't make very good decisions. I, that's probably 80%. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how many, what, what the reasons were. I, I uh, was, uh, was retired from dirt rider essentially, but you know, I was, I didn't agree with what the company was doing, what the company was asking me to do. I mean, I, they were, they wanted to sell my credibility and it was worth a lot at that, at that point. Uh, um, and, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. They're like, oh, we can't do this kind of testing. And, you, you know, you, you can't do this. And, oh, we got this new advertiser. And guess what? Guess what you're going to say about them? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't have to guess what I'm going to say about them because I'm not going to say that stuff. So, um, and then it was, and then we kind of had, you know, staffing cuts. And, of course, you started, you started to see, this was in, you know, around 2008, you really started to see the decline of, of print because that is expensive to do. And, when you start looking at the the business model for for a magazine, they make their money by selling advertising space to eyeballs, just like all this digital stuff is doing today. It's like how many eyeballs are going to see? Who's going to see this? And 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 it was always the more the better. So some magazines would just give away subscriptions. I'm sure everybody got a free subscription to Transworld magazine at some point or another, whether you whether they handed it to you at a gate when you went in a motocross track or they got your name when you bought something from somebody kind of a thing. And Dirt Rider never really gave away the subscriptions. For sure, we had discounted ones, so we weren't really losing tons of, of money um, on the subscription. But we were the largest uh, off-road magazine for a long time. And and then you look at what High Torque and Dirt Bike has done is they just stayed the course and they've, they've done the same thing. They're still doing the same thing they did 20 or 30 years ago. Now they just have like a, one of those websites and, and they're, they're yeah. you know, but they're the ones that are still standing. So, you know, it's just smart business practices and, 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 you know, doing that kind of stuff. But when, when we were, you know, every few years, it was like some new company would buy us up and then like, okay, there's this new directive. We're going to do this. And here's how we're going to handle all this digital stuff. And, and, and your staffs are getting smaller. And I've always said the, the internet's going to drive the price of everything closer to zero. And, and you can see it just in, in the motorcycle industry. It's like when somebody goes, oh, I'm going to buy a pair of boots, they come into your shop, try them on, and then they'll tell you how much they're going to pay for them online. And then it's like, can I have them now or I'm going to go get them for $10 cheaper here? You know, so, oh, yeah. so, 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 yeah. so, so everybody knows what the price is and what they're willing to pay. And then, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, service has a, has a certain level of value. And, and to some people it's nothing because they can, they can get their answers from, you know, YouTube or, you know, someplace on Facebook or something like that. Let's talk about some dirt bikes because we have a question here Yep, and that's what we're all about. Obviously dirt bikes. Um, Jimmy, what are you riding these days? I'm guessing that that's from Dan Malone, a good friend of ours. I'm guessing he means your personal bike. I know you're riding a little bit of everything. Uh, it's always it's it's always everything. Um, uh, luckily, I have close to 40 personal bikes. Um, a lot of them are rental bikes in, in our fleet for the school and stuff. But I'd say lately it's been a toss-up between – I still ride the Husaberg 570 a lot just because we've got some moisture in the ground. There's nothing like all that kind of power. Uh, and KTM 500 or KTM 350 would probably be the three main ones I've been putting time on. I haven't been doing a lot at Extreme Enduro, so my 200 has been sitting. You know, I have a KTM 200, but that's those are the kind of bikes. And then and then and then I ride a, a, a 1090 uh, or 1190 quite a bit. You know, just that's my commuter essentially. But 
I don't commute on paved roads as much as <laughs> as much as I can. I don't really commute, right. but when I run into Vegas and I can do it on a motorcycle, I sure as heck do it on that. Or I run back to California, I'll just hop on the 1090 and zip over. And you're in Pahrump, right? Per correct, Pahrump, Nevada, which is for people that don't know, is essentially it's an hour outside of Vegas. Uh, kind of when you're looking in Ve at Vegas, there's Mount Charleston. It's on the backside of Mount Charleston, closer to California. So right on. Right on. And so here's a question we've asked, like, what was your very first dirt bike? First, first actual motorcycle was a Honda CT70. And, and, nice. and that didn't last very long. Actually, I, I think we went through two of them. We broke them in half because they had a pressed steel frame. And then for yeah. my first real motorcycle, I would say was a XR80. I, I, I came up in the twin shock drum brake days. So yeah, I, I guess, I guess I got, <laughs> I got a taste of that. That's awesome. We actually were just working on an XR100, an old 100, just, and it's so sick because it started better than the shiny, fancy new one that the dad had. Yeah. Like, they bought the, they bought the kid a, this hammered XR100. I mean, just, like, it was bad. With, hey, with, Seat torn plastic. With low compression, those things start real easy. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, the thing just, like, like his, the dad had this, like, wicked new KTM. That was it was all it was an exc fuel injected so they don't yeah they kind of suck stock you know and then the little hundred he goes and i'm like hey man you should have got another you should have got an xr oh, oh, all fired up <laughs> you know there's a lot of people that ride out here but um it's really strange it's like when it gets 110 degrees then you start hearing motorcycles running up and down the street and you're like what are you guys doing you know on the weekends when we're doing our schools we you know, don't see a ton of people. Actually, I try to recruit all the kids I can out here to come and help us out with the schools, you know, wash bikes and learn how to work on stuff. And um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for them, but unfortunately for me, they end up going away to college and doing stuff with their life. They want to get out of town. So, um, you know, dirt bikes were kind of a cool hook when they're a kid, but they want to go do things. So I don't, I don't blame them. Where are you from, Jimmy, originally? I don't even know. Uh, Ventura, California is where I grew up. Um, my early years, and then uh, moved down to Orange County when I took the job at uh, Cycle World Magazine in 94, I think it was. So mostly mostly a Southern California native and um, moved out here in 2000. And so I've been out here almost 10, 10 years, full, really full time for about the last four. I was kind of, I'm kind of back and forth quite a bit, but I miss being able to ride a dirt bike out of my front door. Um, that's what I had when I was a kid in Ventura. Um, in a little place called Somas, we lived right up against the kind of the edge of where the, uh, um, the farms kind of, we were on a farm, but kind of where it was the, the cattle stuff started. So we just used to open a gate and go riding back in the hills. And all that time in Orange County, I just got used to two and three hours of driving to go riding and, and I'm over it. <laughs> so I'm over the traffic. I'm over all that stuff. So so I literally can ride right out of the shop I'm sitting in now, out my gate. I go one mile down the pavement, and it's totally legal in this town to ride your dirt bike down the street, as long as you're, um, as long as you're, you know, not breaking any rules. And I'm out on BLM land, and I can. We have some really good riding around here, so it's pretty fun. That's the cool thing. Montrose actually, Montrose County, which Montrose is the seat of, uh, is just passed in the last, I think, eight months. You can ride legally. You can ride a dirt bike on any county road, uh, as long as you have OHV registration and you have to have insurance. 
in case you slam into someone. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we can ride from the shop to any of the amazing riding here in Colorado, basically. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, 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 this is kind of rural Nevada. So they're pretty laxed on a lot of those kind of rules. And, and currently on the, on the dirt bikes, on the large UTVs, they want to have insurance, but on the dirt bikes, they haven't gone that far yet. So right. it's, it's good. You know, who knows? I mean, we're, we're, we're going through an RMP here, which is um, a regional management plan. And that could change some of the, the riding, um, the regulations for the riding. Cause even in currently in Nevada, uh the our area is not signed yet they haven't they haven't done a route inventory for it so and there's areas that are kind of like little play areas or technically open areas we have um a, you know a lot of trails some of some of the stuff kind of got passed over for single track when they did reviews so it's it's a lot of it's two track and roads but i stay pretty active in the land use stuff and and we're trying to do our best to kind of keep that open we we still are able to run in the dry washes which is pretty cool. That's, that's one of the, that's one right. of the big things that the, but that's because of, because of BLM regulations, you know, nationwide, um, that is probably going to change. That was kind of regional out here. And then we're, yeah. you know, we're just a few miles from California and then basically it turns into wilderness. <laughs> uh, another question is said you raced the car. How was that? What year did you race the car? I did the car three and a half times. Because uh, my first year didn't go very well. Uh, I did it in 96, 97, then in 2000, and again in 2001. And that was my last year. I had a pretty pretty bad get-off, and I sort of – I really destroyed my wrists, um, to put it um, – you know, kind of put it plainly. And I was never able to ride the same again. So uh, – but I did it the first two times on – as kind of really a private rider. It'd be more like um, – not, not really like the Molly Moto guys are today because I did have a mechanic both times. And, uh, and then, uh, and then th when I went back in 2000, 2001, it was on a factory BMW. It was on the 900 RR, which was a big twin cylinder, um, very fast, <laughs> What a bitchin' bike. That thing was good. Nice. <laughs> was that an R motor? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, the well, it was the boxer motor. And the motor, yeah. the motor was yeah. essentially hand built. They never made quote a 900, but within the rules, um, when you stayed under um, under 900 CCs, uh, or might have been 950. I don't know. I don't remember exactly CC. There was if you went higher than that, you took on literally a 40, 20 or 40 kilo weight penalty. And the bike was pretty light for what it was. You actually had to add that weight to make it. So. But they, I mean, that bike used to go 140 miles an hour. I mean, what, <laughs> what more do you want? So about your school, what, so where, if people wanted to learn more about that, first of all, where would they learn more about it? And what do you guys focus on? Um, for the school, it's, it's Jimmy, Jimmy Lewis offroad.com. That's, that's kind of our main base and website. Uh, uh, again, same thing. You can find Jimmy Lewis riding school, I think is what we call it on the Facebooks. And um, we do a few, you know, Instagram posts, stuff like that. So we're kind of, you know, I'm out there. I, I don't spend nearly as much time as I should doing this, the social things, but um, generally we're pretty much word of mouth. I mean, in reality, we don't do a whole lot of advertising and stuff, but we kind of cater to dual sport and adventure riders. Um, in fact, I'm doing a school as soon as I get off this call, we have a school today here um, Wednesday and Thursday out here for it's kind of it's kind of revolves around an event that some guys are doing um out in death valley so we're we're teaching some guys um from from that event and then a few other people but we i've been doing it since 99 so i've been doing this quite a long time and I actually got started because of 
when I started riding for BMW, uh, some guys, and this is pre-adventure riding. This That wasn't even a term back then. Yeah. Some guys that were going to be stupid and go ride their GSs off-road in the dirt uh, wanted to learn how to ride it better. And like, hey, that guy works for factory BMW. He must know. These were venture capitalist guys from the from Silicon Valley. And so we met out by Vegas, and I taught him a little bit. And one of the guys goes, you know, you should do this for a living. <laughs> so um, Nice. Uh, that's kind of how it got started. Um, you know, 20 years in now, we're way better at this. Um, our classes generally sell out and it, it's, it's interesting from teaching it, what I've learned over the past 10 years is how to be a better teacher and how to, how to, um, explain something that I know very well and explain it. So a regular, um, a regular person that doesn't know it so well can, can understand. And it, it's, writing is really really simple when you just break it down to its essence. So what we focus on is we focus on two things. Focus on balance, which is primary, and traction. Yeah. Those are the two things. Anytime something starts going wrong with with your riding, like why am I having a hard time with this? Number one, you're out of balance. And number two, you didn't understand or respect the traction you have. Which is kind of a you think about it, you start you start getting you start analyzing this and you go, that that works. So, and then, and then a motorcycle does four things. It accelerates, it decelerates, you can initiate a turn, and then you can control a turn. And so we have drills that revolve around those four things. And, uh, and, then, and then we just start taking these little steps. And so it seems like a really basic class. Like I get a lot of, especially guys that want to race and they're like, well, you know, I, I really need something that's a little more focused around racing. And I'm like, the reason I can go that much faster than you is because I'm more in balance and have better traction and they're like well no no i really just want to go faster through the hoop-de-doos well then you should get in balance and figure out how to get traction <laughs> so, so, and, and you can't teach that stuff and unless you have a really basic fundamental understanding of what you're doing and and so we have ways to doing that and it's like any other high level training that i've seen when 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 you when you have people do like for instance do firearms training they you, you don't grab a machine gun and start spraying things. They have very step-by-step procedures for how you should do this and how you learn how you, you know, do it. And to say it's the same for, I mean, even in working with guys that are doing rally navigation and stuff like that, I make them come and do a very basic day with me. That's, that's ridiculously, uh, it's the, it's the basic, it's not the coloring book stuff that a lot of these other guys are doing. It's like, Oh, here's your map book and here's your colors. No, we're going to figure out how you perceive, you know, direction and distance and, 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 and then what, what is important to you when you navigate? Like I, in all honesty, I navigate quite a bit different than the way that Ricky Brabeck currently navigates. It just our, our styles and our way of doing it. My mine's, I think it's a lot more like the way that Andrew does. It, it we're just it's just the kind of information we pull from the map book. So little things like that. So so it's you start with the basics and then you start really working on fine tuning the high level high level things. How often do you guys have schools? I mean, is it pretty much all the time? Um, I, I I would say we do like one and a half a month. Um, you know, and it's out here in Pahrump. We only do them during the cool months of the year, and then uh, you know, come end of May. Um, actually in May, we have to kind of stop doing some stuff in California just because of the tortoise. So, um, May we, we kind of wrap it up and then we don't get started again until October in reality. Um, 
right on. So, and then, and then during the summer, I usually uh, go do a few different events, um, uh, go to some of the adventure rider rallies and things like that. So, um, right yeah, and uh, we actually have open dates right now for April. I think our April dates are up on our website. And then um, I think we have one class in May. So it's, that's where we're, that's where we're at now. I know this weekend I have another class and it's, it's full over full, unfortunately. Um, usually we have, usually it was like funny. We, we, we got all these problems with people dropping. We it's like last minute, you know, life shows up and, and, and so I'm like, okay, I'll do, I'll just do what airlines do. I'll overbook. Well, of course, the only one I ever overbooked on were over full and nobody's dropping out. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, well, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, I don't, I will handle it. <laughs> you guys, offer lodging or anything like that no nope. you just need to find your own place yeah today? we're 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 kind of we have we have we have a school and we have rental bikes for the school and and other than that people are pretty much on their own but you know it's it's easy to find uh places to stay here in Pahrump. um right. i'm actually working on a couple different things because the other thing i've been really focusing on the last couple of years is get a tour business going now i'm not a tour guide i will tell you that right now i'm a horrible tour guide and, and, but, but in conjunction with that, we're trying to get a place where people can come and park and, and keep their, you know, have, have a place to stay and stuff like that. So, uh, but, um, the, so you kind of do your own, do your own thing with lodging and stuff like that. And so the school is, is currently the price is $700 for two days. And then a rental bike for the, for the two days is 300 bucks. And so it's like a thousand dollars at a package. And so a lot of people will fly into Vegas, come and uh, take the school for a couple of days. You know, a lot of people are in Vegas for something else and then they'll come out and, and, and do the school when we have them. And what are the rental bikes? Uh, mostly, believe it or not, mostly KTM RFS bikes. And so as, okay. as, as you know, those are great bikes uh, and yeah. they're almost indestructible. <laughs> yeah so yeah when you when you have yeah, unless when, you're some of my customers yeah well <laughs> you know the, like, there's there are those people that can break anything and and oh, this yeah. is this is where where, where i i always kind of get on my on my high horse I, i'm running literally you know i have 35 running bikes at any one moment and they, they they run and they run fine and i give them to people and like in the school we won't let them break them and so the bike's prepped. It has a good air filter in it that stays, you know, that doesn't let dirt through. And I'm not going to let them <laughs> sit the bike on the, on the rev limiter. I'm not going to let them, yeah. you know, just smoke the clutch. The, the kind of things that, that, that do bad things to a motor. And if you, if you, you know, kind of have a little bit of, uh, you know, take a little bit of care of stuff like that, most of these bikes are really, really good. And, and people like asking, they're really curious about the, the Honda RX or the Honda X that we have now. We've got over 2,000 miles on ours. And they're like, what about the valves? What about the valves? And I'm like, I don't expect the valve to ever move in that motor, at least not for 100, 150 hours. And yeah. my KTM 500s, I've actually, I put a top end in my personal bike like a year, year and a half ago, proceeded to go out to the sand dunes. One of my kids prepped the filter. And so it sucked sand and not... A little bit a lot and i'm just going geez because i really wanted to we we're trying to we we're doing a durability test on a piston so i really wanted to see how that compared to stock because we have a really good baseline with stock and we we're and so i'm like okay that's shot well i'm gonna have to pull this thing out pretty soon but you know it wasn't smoking and and i'm just waiting for the valves to start moving and and i mean we're not talking like a little bit of sand we're talking a lot of sand i cleaned everything out 
Yeah. I'm still riding my, that's still my, you know, my rally training bike that I use. And I'm just going, well, one of these days I'm going to have to tear that thing apart. <laughs> I, my motors don't ever break either. I break everything around it because I crash so much. Balance <laughs> and, and traction. I, that is exactly what I need to work on is balance and traction. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know how people break things. It's um, well, I mean, as you would imagine, yeah. running. I mean, top, I mean, there's, I the, the, the yeah, there's nothing that you're going to do against the, you, you know, in, in, about the, you know, the crashing and the tip overs kind of stuff that that's where you kind of work on your riding a little bit and hopefully do less of that. And then that minimizes, yeah. or if the bike never hits the ground, there's a lot of stuff that's not going to break you know, then you're just going to get your weird stuff where it's like, okay, my muffler mount broke or, or, you know, my skid plate, some of the bolts got loose, the skid plate flapped down and it tore something off. You know, there's little things like that that you're just not going to get away from. But I mean, as far as like these days, and, and we always get the question, like, what's the most durable bikes? And I'm like, man, they're all pretty good. I, I mean, I, and I, I, I mean, Kawasaki and Suzuki probably hate me right now because I say, I always say I like Hondas, Yamahas and KTMs. And that, that means Huskies as well. Because, yeah. man, they're just built so well. And if, if you ask me which one I would prefer to work on, and I don't want to work on any of them, the KTM is the easiest. You know, it's just, it's just the, the bolts are accessible. It feels like somebody who actually had to work on a motorcycle helped design that motorcycle. So it's not weird. Where you get the Honda, like, it's like, I don't think the guy who designed that engine ever had to check the intake valves on it. And I'm talking about just checking yeah. it. You know, it's like, yeah. the, or he had, he's got, I'm going to check it with this feeler gauge. It looks like it does an S turn. And so, so that, that kind of stuff, you know, just there's things that are easier to work on, but you know, and I, I have a couple, um, I have a couple Suzuki DRZs that we use in the school and those ones for the most part, they work, they just leak a little bit more oil than, and they're old. They're, they're 2000, <laughs> you know, 2002 DRZ 280 leak a little bit more oil than the other ones. But they're the bikes that all of a sudden for no reason, like, you know, a Kickstarter spring breaks. Like, why did, right. why did that happen? And yeah. I just don't have that kind of stuff. If it's a KTM RFS, I know my intake valves are going to wear out after about 150 hours, you know, uh -huh. no matter what. And the shift, yeah. the, the little shifting, um, the spring on the shifting detent is going to yeah. pop out at some point. And there's like one or two other little things. And it's like, those are known issues. I have those parts sitting here. It takes me 15 minutes to change. I mean, I remember racing at the Zinc Ranch in Oklahoma where, where they did the, the six oh, yeah. days there. I did, I did some of the qualifiers there previous to that. And that mud there, when it rained, would, it was like the, the gnarliest grinding adhesive. Oh, it was, it's not only it stuck, but it just would wear. We were changing brake pads on our KTMs between every special test. That's how bad it was i think we went through oh ktm God. usa at the times entire supply of brake pads during that four-day qualifier it was it was that. it was that bad and then and then you know there's there's other places that you, the mud goes on and it sticks and then it comes off and you you have you know just the i don't know what the what is in that but we have a lot of alkali stuff out here that's like that and i was i, I actually watched yeah. watched some guys up in wyoming last year at a rally we did some kind of it was a it was kind of a fun rally we did and, and it rained and and the local guys go don't even go out and i'm like it's just mud and like don't even go out and i, I like got geared up and then some other guys are like yeah we're gonna go out and then one of the old guys comes over and he goes he goes he goes they're they're actually just seeing if you'll go out they're they're telling you not to so to see if you will he's like he goes don't don't go 
<laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad I didn't go because they, you know, some guys got ten miles out, and I think it did take them all day to get them back out. But it's that, it's that, it's that donut, don't that donut dirt that makes your tire into donut. Just yeah. packs you, you ride over it, and you leave the the, the dry strip. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's that's our Adobe dirt. It's I I can't tell you how many people every local has had to walk out of the Adobe's at least <laughs> once because they've gone out, it's been perfect, and then it starts raining and they can't get back in time. Yeah. And it gets so bad that they just have to leave the motorcycle, walk, and then come back out after it's dry, usually with some sort of heavy equipment and pull it out of the mud. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> you know, you you got to be aware of that kind of stuff. And I know like like for instance, I I don't have we we have some areas around here where it's just kind of spotty and you can get around it and stuff. It, especially with the adventure guys with the low fenders and stuff and these guys that are kind of in areas they're oh. not familiar with and you, you know you're out there and then i've had to so i didn't walk out i camped i camped for a day and a half because it was like we were just going and then it was like uh-oh you know you can feel it start packing up in the wheels and you're starting to try to ride in the center more on the sage bushes and it's like no this isn't working so it's just like find a good spot to camp pull over pop the tent hang out <laughs> that's 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 adventure riding so. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what I say. The adventure thing cracks me up. It's usually when things go south. I'm like, all right, everybody, we're now adventure riding. This, <laughs> this is what I call adventure riding. Yeah. And it turns into epic days and nights of, yeah, anyway. Um, so another question we ask everybody is, and I'm sure I know the answer because I know the name of your live show. Yeah. Do you like tacos? And if so, which we know you do, what are your favorite tacos? Um, so yes, I like tacos. I'm I'm kind of a I'm I'm not a super picky eater, but I mean basically Mexican food, Italian food, you know, pizzas and tacos, and I'm good. Uh, yeah. What are my favorite kind of tacos? Man, it just it kind of depends. It it depends on the restaurant, you know, what 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 their good meat is that they can use. So so we we you know we here in Pahrump we do Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, which is a tongue twister. Yeah. And um, yeah. that's sort of our, our dirt bike test live. So it was really a way to force me into to, to kind of engage in the, more of the digital technology just to do it and die on the sword when we screw up, which we do with the internet connectivity and stuff. So we might be moving oh, yeah. out of, we might be moving out of our current location to someplace like here where I have really good connection. Um, but uh, 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 you know, especially growing up in, in Ventura County and, and in places in Orange County, if you know where to get some good tacos, you got some good tacos and luckily when i was going down to baja i was going down there with guys who really really know um the places to eat and so luckily i have i have a i have a high standard and so but you know everybody's got their own tastes uh, roger heard says hi yeah i um, roger heard was one in the 125s out in the desert was one of my most fierce competitors so roger oh, yeah. roger yeah. would haul the mail and Luckily, my bike was always faster than his. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he won't like me. Say, he won't like me saying that. I was a I was a factory KTM rider at the time. I mean, I had a factory ride to race 125s in the desert, and uh, and um, uh, but and my bike had a six speed transmission in it, and it 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 all has. So, uh, but I always I always like racing. There was there was a pack of us. There was there was the K Wells and Roger and and uh, you know a bunch of a bunch of guys we used to race with. Uh, John Brash, it was good good times yeah. back in the day. I mean, he's um, he's claiming his bike was a one twenty five. 
<laughs> no, it was it, it was actually actually the Cowie guys actually had 125s. I was riding a 125. I know because I got torn down a bunch of times. But the but the Yamahas, Brash's Yamaha. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. 125s. It is 8.06, and I told you we'd do a half hour. Got it. So we are – and I know you got a school to go to, um, and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, no. It means a lot, and I know that everybody here likes it. Yeah, um, good times, Morgan. Any other things you want to promote real fast? <laughs> promote? No, I, I – I, yeah, like, if people want to see what, I want, what I'm promoting, they can go find – what i'm doing in my in my on the on the socials you know facebooks and stuff like that um but in reality no i i i i don't have enough time to consume some of this stuff i'd like to watch it but i'm always running around doing busy with stuff but i always am stoked in what you're doing i mean you're you're excited you're giving out good information um and then and you're always there for the kids and that and it's, it's it's like i don't have any kids but i sure do like seeing kids get out on dirt bikes and have a good time and learn how to work on them and and it, it teaches good life lessons for me. It, I'm sure it kept me out of a lot of trouble. So um, uh, always, always stoked to see that. Um, glad that a lot of people are watching. That's cool. Follow us at over at Dirt Bike Test. That's probably the best place, especially for dirt bikes. Um, we hopefully will kind of kick this thing in gear. I keep saying I'm going to take a couple weeks off of the school and doing all the other crazy stuff I do and just sit down and focus and get a plan going and uh so kind of go over there like that share if you like what you see there share it because that's how that's how we that's how we do it it's free you you know it's like you don't even have to subscribe just just share it because like like we talked about in the beginning we started talking about eyeballs you know people like how many eyeballs and i'm like we don't have a lot of eyeballs but i guarantee you our eyeballs are your customers these are the people that 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 are buying your products your your vehicles whatever whatever you're doing and and i just want to be a kind of a trusted source of information, getting you good information and stuff like that. So anyways, well, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Right on everybody. Thank you guys so much for watching. That was awesome. Uh, like Jimmy said, if you like this, share it, um, tell people about it, man. I can't tell you all how much I really appreciate you watching all my rant ramblings and things about dirt bikes. Hey, punk rock club. Thank you for watching to the end. Everybody who's here till the end, Punk Rock Club, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope you all have a wonderful day. I really hope you get out and get on your dirt bikes.